Welcome to the Tag Republic podcast, a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. This episode is sponsored by The Art of Pinning, a self-paced Pinterest class for wedding and lifestyle photographers. If you are having a hard time driving traffic into your website or SEO is overwhelming you or the people that are visiting your website are not the kind of visitors, aka they're not converting into clients, then this class is for you. You can find more information at www.thetalkrepublic.com forward slash Pinterest or just follow the link in the notes. Now, enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Talk with Public. I'm Carolina Gosik, your host, and today we have an amazing guest with us, Ashley Freeham, all the way from Arizona. Ashley, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I am super excited because we're going to be talking about a topic that a lot of us need a little bit more and a topic that I haven't actually covered here on the podcast, which is how to use time blocking to skyrocket your productivity. So super excited to hear what you have to say. But before we even start, what about you introduce yourself and you tell us a little bit of what do you do? Awesome. Thank you. So my name is Ashley, as you have already heard, and I am a brand photographer and motherhood and business coach for mom photographers. So I've been in the photography industry for over 10 years, but really didn't feel like I knew what I was doing and always felt a little torn between raising a family and growing a business. And I just felt like I never had anybody who understood the struggles that I faced doing both. So that's sort of what led me where I am today to be a motherhood and business coach and to help other mom photographers really find a solid and firm foundation in what they do, right? I think there's so much that is convoluted in the photography industry and there's a lot of advice that isn't really the best and it can feel really overwhelming and draining. And so that's what I'm here to help with is to kind of lead them on the right path and make sure that they, you know, know what is going on and know that they're not alone. I love that you have niched down to like motherhood business coach, because again, as you said, like I have no children. So perhaps the advice that I might give, they're going to be like, well, that's, that's great because you have time that we don't have. So like, that's really good that you have, you know, focus on that and are helping, you know, moms have successful business as well as I'm sure fantastic uh, relationship with their families. So that's super sweet. But as I mentioned before today, we're going to talk about, skyrocket your productivity with time, you know, time blocking. Um, when I have spoken, you know, with other photographers or things like that, people always tell me, we don't have time. I don't have time to do that. And although that might be uh, true that we don't have time, I also believe that we need to make time for the things that matters, right? So before we dive into this, let's go right to the beginning and let's explain actually what is time blocking? I know this is super basic, but I want to make sure that we all understand this. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to describe time blocking as sort of like a budget. So you know how you have a budget for your money, Time blocking is a budget for your time. So it's telling your time exactly where to go so that you're not always wondering where it went. 
So that's the very simple explanation of what it means. Now, if you want to go a little more detailed, it's basically taking all of your tasks that you have on your list and actually assigning a specific day and time that you're going to accomplish that task, which again, takes away all the guesswork. So when you sit down to work, you're not like, okay, cool. So what do I even do? Where do I even start? So you already know when you sit down at 9am, you look at your time block and you say, oh, these are the two tasks I need to complete between 9 and 10 a.m. And then there's no second guessing. There's no wondering and questioning. You just already know what to do and when. I love this. And I'm a very structured person. So like time locking for me works perfectly. But what would you say to somebody that is like, well, yeah, in paper, that sounds great. But once I sit down at 9 a.m., suddenly my phone rings and I have to answer or my laundry isn't done. And I need clean clothes. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) So I always like to explain this to people as well as, okay, so all of us photographers are very right brain creative people. So the left brain logical analytical planning isn't really always there, right? Which is what we, why we got into photography. We're autistic. We like to, you know, be very free and creative, Well, what I've come to find is that as a photographer, photography is only a very small percentage of how we spend our time, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of it is the business side. And so if you don't love the business side, and if you don't learn to be organized, and you don't learn to structure and have systems in your business, then you're always going to feel really overwhelmed. And so I really express this, that You have to create these systems and you have to understand that if you are constantly being pulled and you allow yourself to answer the phone and you allow yourself to do the laundry when you're not supposed to, then you're basically just giving in to whatever needs to be done right then. So you have to create a system and a process for all the things in your life, which feels restricting But honestly, once I stepped into that creative, or I'm sorry, out of the creative and into the more structured organizational type person that I am today, I found that once everything is taken care of fundamentally, then you can have time to be spontaneous and fun and not feel bad about it because everything else is getting done, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned this feeling restriction, right? Because that's, I feel this is like the first thing that somebody that doesn't like to do time management will tell you, be like, well, I, you know, I can, you know, I can schedule my creative brain, right? Or I cannot schedule, you know, when something is going to pop up and I'm going to get inspired. So I feel that's like kind of like the first blockage. But I would say that actually, if you allow the time, maybe the first, you know, maybe the first time that you do this, let's say, let's, let's talk about like a specific example, let's say blogging, because I feel this is something that photographers really don't get done because they're like, well, I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you say, well, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Tuesdays, that's my time for blogging. Maybe the first time that you sit, maybe that first Tuesday, you get nothing done because, as you said, it's like, I'm sitting here, nothing is happening. But Mm -hmm. with discipline, I would say that things start to flow. And I'm going to butcher this quote, which I don't even remember who said this, but I think it was a writer. And they asked him or her, once again, I don't remember who said that, um, And when creativity strikes, and this person said, well, creativity strikes every morning between 10 and 12. 
<laughs> which is when he or she sits down to write. So, oh my gosh, I love it. So I think so, you know, so giving hope for people that feel like, ah, oh, it is restrictive. I don't like to do this. Maybe the first time feels uncomfortable, but with time, things start to get better, right? I, I would agree. And I feel like because I'm the same, right? And you and I both have a podcast. And so every single week when we sit down to do a solo show, it's sort of like a blog, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to think about, okay, what are the things that we want to talk about? How are we going to, you know, get that creativity juice flowing? But what I find is that I, it's so much easier for me to keep an idea bank. Mm -hmm. um, I do this on Trello. I use Trello as um, sort of a just catch all for all of my ideas. It's a glorified brain dump. I keep all of my lists organized on there. I make sure that whenever an idea pops into my head for a podcast or in this case that we're talking about a blog post, I have ideas. And then if I'm sitting there marinating on an idea and all of a sudden like different talking points come to mind, again, I plug those in. And so the inspiration might not strike when I sit down to do that podcast episode, but I already sort of have the idea and a, and a brief outline that I've already been thinking about over the past couple of weeks. And now when I sit down to think about it, everything starts flowing because I've already had time to kind of marinate on it. And so I think that's the biggest thing is when that inspiration strikes, you need to write it down somewhere. And it doesn't mean that you have to stop everything you're doing. It's just get those few thoughts out. If you have, everyone has an iPhone these days, I feel like, or a phone that has a, you know, audio uh, app and you can just record verbally a brain dump of what you're thinking in your head it might only take a minute or two but then now you can save that file in your idea bank and now you just always have fresh ideas to go back to when you have time to actually think about them so again it's just creating that system of getting the thoughts out of your head and making sure that you actually refer back to it and know where to find it I love this because as you mentioned, sometimes we think that it's just like creativity actually happening during that hour and well, not creativity could happen all throughout the day, but it's organizing the time when you actually pay attention to that, what's happening. And as you mentioned, I am a huge fan of like actual notes. So like I have, you know, I don't record them. Sometimes I record them, but like I would write them down and that's it. Like I know that it has been noted and then when the time is right, then I can come back and explore that. Exactly. And I feel like the key is making sure that you know where to find it, <laughs> keeping it really in one place, like sticky notes I used to love, but now it's like, I can never find the sticky notes. Mm, yeah. So I might write it on a sticky note, but then I'll transfer that sticky note into Trello so that I can access it later. So good. So good. So let's, and, and I'm really throwing you a curveball here because this is not what I have actually planned to ask you, but I want, you know, like I love concrete examples, right? So let's say that I come to you and let's say that I'm a wedding photographer, right? And I tell you, Ashley, I'm overwhelmed. I have a lot of work. I have to edit images. I also now have to post on Instagram. I have to create videos. I have to freaking write a stupid blog post because Carolina told me that I have to write a blog post on my own, on her website. I, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. Please help me. What would be the first thing that we need to do here? Okay. So the very first thing that you need to do is brain dump all the things you have to do, because when you keep them in your head, it feels 
more overwhelming because now your brain is sorting through, you know, basic functions of how to breathe and walk and stay alive. And now you have, I have to do this and that. And it feels so overwhelming. But if you're just able to say, okay, what are all the things I have to do? Add it to a master task list. And then once you have all of those things just out on paper or out in that list on Trello, however you choose to keep this list, then you start to prioritize it. And you start to say, okay, what needs to get done this week? And I feel like entrepreneurs, especially as photographers, it sometimes feels like we're constantly putting out fires, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're just trying to keep the, the current customer like happy, right? But really that should have been done last week, but now we're so behind that it has to get done now, today, like right this second. And so it might take a while if you are new to time blocking and you're new to this system of you know, brain dumping and prioritizing and being ahead. It might take a little while to catch up so that you don't feel like you're drowning. But the first step is really to figure out, okay, what are the few things that I need to do this week? And I think entrepreneurs are just really good at this in general. We try to fit our entire to-do list in one week. Mm, yes. And we think it has to be done right now. And that's why we always are feeling like we're drowning. And so if we just take a few things a week to focus on, And maybe we give our clients a longer lead time. So maybe our turnaround isn't seven days. Maybe it's two weeks. You know, maybe instead of saying four weeks, it's six weeks. Because we, I personally, and I recommend this to all of my clients too, is I would rather give them a longer wait time and then give it to the, you know, deliver the images Mm -hmm. sooner and delight them and be like, oh my gosh, I told you it was going to be, you know, four weeks, but it's not. And actually my lead times are much shorter because I don't like to have a whole bunch of clients on the docket. I like to make sure that, you know, I get them sent out very Mm -hmm. quickly, but giving them a longer lead time and then saying, okay, I, I can actually schedule this in now. And I can make sure that I am not you know, overwhelming myself by trying to just turn around too many sessions too quickly. So I would say that after dumping all, you know, like your mental to-do list, the second thing or, or one of the systems that we should be putting in place is allowing ourselves enough time to complete a task without being rushed, but also communicating that with the client, right? Exactly. And I also feel sometimes like, it's like, oh, but the client expected something different. I'm, I'm like, well, it expected that because you mentioned that. But if you would have said instead of four weeks, it's going to take six weeks, the client, that wouldn't, like, wouldn't bad, like, wouldn't mind, right? Like, they would be like, okay, right. it is what it is. So exactly. long as there is, like, good communication. All right. So I did my list. Now, I feel that comes a second problem that a lot of photographers have, which is, as you mentioned, do I please my current client that already paid me? Or do I try to create content to attract new clients so I can keep my business going? What comes for? Is this like the chicken and the egg situation? So I definitely feel like you need to prioritize your paying clients. Okay. Because your attraction strategy is always going to be there. That should be part of the process, but that should not be your sole focus. Okay. Because you, your current clients are going to be who refers you. They're going to be your biggest 
referral source and honestly the easiest one because I personally, and I know probably everyone listening does the same thing. You would rather have a personal recommendation than go to someone's website and see some reviews that you don't even know are real. Like you don't even really know the people. So you're like, well, am I really going to trust that person? But if you have a personal recommendation from someone that said, I used this photographer, she shot my wedding or she did my brand photos or my family photos, you're going to be like, oh, okay, you're saying you loved the experience. I saw your pictures. They look amazing. I'm going to go with that person over the other person that I don't personally have a connection with. And so I, number one would say, definitely focus on your clients versus attracting new ones. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. So now let's get into the actual need of like what time blocking is, right? We made our list. Now we have our priority list. Now, from my, let's say, let's call this like my dump list. Let's say there was 10 items. So now my priority list has four items. So what will be the next step? What, do you, what is actually time blockage? Do I actually say like from 10 to 11, 10 to 12? How do we do this? Okay, so time blocking, obviously you're gonna need some time blocks. So <laughs> you've got your master task list, right? You've prioritized it and now you're like, cool, when do I actually do this? So it's really important that you create actual time blocks in your schedule. So this is not only business time blocks when you're actually going to do work. This is also personal time blocks. Mm. When are you going to actually do your laundry? When are you going to meal plan? When are you going to grocery shop? All the things that, you know, I think business owners don't think about because we're like, okay, we're focused on business, but then life happens. And you're like, well, shoot, I got to make time for that too. And for me personally, I've always been very structured in business, Mm -hmm. but then when it comes to personal life, I'm like, oh, cool. I don't, I don't want to be structured with that because I'm already structured with business. But then what happens is now my personal life is chaotic and that hundred percent affects how I operate in my business. So you need to have time blocks for both. You need to have family time blocks. You need to have those personal time blocks to upkeep your home. You need to have the work blocks. So now if we're just specifically talking about work, there are also specific work blocks. So you might have a work block when you're focused on content creation, you know, Instagram scheduling, caption creation. Then you might have a time block that's specifically for editing. And you might have multiple time blocks throughout the week for editing, unless you outsource your editing. So there are just different, you have to be and very intentional about, okay, what are the time blocks I actually need in my business? What are the things that I do on autopilot every week that would benefit from a system, right? So there are things in our business that we do constantly that we need to systemize because once you have a system for something and you can count on that every week, okay, I know that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have a work block from two to four where I focus on editing. Then that feels very doable. That's manageable. Now, when you're sitting down with those tasks, you can plug in who are you going to be editing during those sessions. Another thing that I want to mention is these time blocks have to have a start and an end time. Okay. And that's on purpose because you need, it's just like when you were in school and you went from one period to the next, you didn't, if you didn't finish math, you didn't say, Oh, well, shoot, I'm going to skip science and finish math. You just packed up your math book. You put it in your backpack and you moved on to science. And the same is true with time blocks. So when you hit that timer and you're done with that time block, if you're not done with that task, you pretty much have two choices. You can you know, go into your next time block and then get yourself behind on that. 
Or what I suggest is that you stop, find a good stopping point, you know, point, and then move on to the next task. So you're always making forward momentum in each time block. And then you know, okay, I'm going to finish that up. So there, and the other reason that you put a container on it and not just say, well, I have to edit this today. So I'm going to do it as long as it takes is because the brain works very strangely in that if you give yourself a, a limited amount of time, it's going to take you a lot mm. of time. If you give yourself four hours to edit a session, it's probably going to take you four hours because you're going to be doing other things. You're going to think, oh, I have so much time. It's okay. I can check this email real quick. And then that email turns into, oh, shoot, I forgot to pay that invoice. And now I have to check my budget and make sure that, you know, all the money is in the correct account. And it's just like a rabbit hole or a rabbit trail. So you have to stay focused in that time block on what you're working on, minimize the distractions. And then when that timer goes off and that's the end of the time block, you move on to the next task. Love this. It, it has been scientifically proved that the brain can only focus on a certain task for an X amount of time. I'm not a scientist. I don't know this, but I know I know I read this once a while ago. How yeah. long do you recommend this task to be? Like, what will be the longest that is like, okay, this is as much as you can do today about this before you like, your brain starts to like draw monkeys, in, you know, in the right. air. So. so I have heard 50 minutes, five mm -hmm. zero is the best amount of time to stay focused on a task. Mm -hmm. So you work for 50 minutes and then you get up and you take a movement break, you drink some water, get a snack, whatever, just get moving because, and I'm really guilty of this. I sit down and I forget to set my 50 minute timer and it'll be like, you know, three hours later. And I'm like, wait a second. Like I just forgot to eat. Like I didn't even eat lunch. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be really strategic about it. And, and it's hard at first to get into this routine and habit. But once you do, you start to realize, wow, I am so much more productive because you're more focused with that time break. And also if there's any moms listening, what I suggest too, is during that break, spend some time with your kids do like a quick, you know, game with them, something just to give them a hit of attention. Because the number one thing I hear from moms when they time block is that, well, my kids always interrupt me. Mm. And it's like, well, that totally makes sense because your kids, one of their fundamental needs is attention. And if you don't front load the attention before you start working, they're going to come bother you like my kids just did. <laughs> Even though I did just give them a lot of attention, but they'll come in and they'll try to get you distracted, right? And you have to be firm on the boundary. And my kids, they, they have been home with me forever. You know, um, they were in public school for a little while and now we homeschool, but from a very young age, I've trained them to know that when mom's working, that's a hard boundary. Like even when they were little, you know, I just had to be more creative with it. But I think that a lot of moms struggle with this. And uh, just, even if you're not a mom listening, you can still attest to the distractions. Maybe it's a phone call, like you mentioned, or a text or an email that just uh, like automatically feels like so urgent, you still have to have boundaries as a business owner that says, okay, that's really important. I need to get to that, but I feel like that, that will probably derail what I'm working on. So I'm going to add it to my list, or I'm going to set an alarm in my phone that reminds me to come back to this because it is important, but I'm not going to stop what I'm doing because I know when I take my focus off what I'm doing, it's going to be really difficult to come back to it. So that's a good tip too. 
Love it. So when you're setting like literally like a time, are you using like, do you use your phone? Do you feel that that distracts you? Distract this, this, you know what I'm trying to say? Distract yes. you? Or do yes. you use like literally, I know a friend of mine, she's like, I cannot look at my phone. She's like, mm-hmm. she from, I mean, she wakes up, she, you know, that's whatever she needs to do on her phone. And from like one to five, like her phone is actually off in her nightstand. She's like, I don't even want to know that thing exists. So she uses like a, like a kitchen clock. To, oh, like, yes. to do yeah. her time management. So what would be like a good advice for people to like literally yes. get an alarm? Yeah, so that is totally what I recommend. We buy the kitchen timers off Amazon. They come in a pack of three. So I use one in my office, but I also use them for my kids. So I'll hand them, they each have their name on it. And I'm like, okay, you have five minutes to get, you know, your dre- you get dressed and brush your teeth and come down for breakfast. And it works because they can visually see how much time is left. And again, when you give a container of time, you tend to be faster. Now, if I gave them 10 or 15 minutes, they would probably play for the first 10 or 12 minutes, and then they would do the thing for the last three. And that's just how human brains are wired, right? We're wired to be last minute. So it's really hard for us to not be last minute. And it's hard for us not to procrastinate getting our things done. It's hard for us not to welcome distractions. Like sometimes I can't even tell you how many times it happens where I'll get a text and I'm like, thank goodness. Like I just needed a distraction, but (laughs) I don't need the distraction. Like that's worse, but you feel like you do, especially when you're doing something that's maybe harder or something that you don't really enjoy Mm. doing, which is a huge red flag. So when you start to find things that you don't enjoy doing, those should be on the top of your list to outsource, which is another topic for another day. But that is a huge thing that I love is when I find something I don't like, I'm like, okay, cool. How can I get someone else to do this for me? I love that. But I also heard once that, you know, within time blocking, like you should literally put at the top also the thing that you enjoy the least. So like it's out of the way. So like, I don't like doing this, but I commit to it. I got it done. Now I can move on with the rest of my day instead of like dragging. Like, let's say you put it at the bottom of the list. Now you're like, well, it's five o'clock already. I'm tired. Maybe I'll do this tomorrow. Yes. I've heard that too. And I feel like the advice that I would give would be when you're getting started, I would start with something you enjoy because I feel like especially as an entrepreneur, like, and if you're a mom too, this is hard too, because getting started is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. It's easier to just like not do anything, especially now that my kids are home all the time. It's sort of like, Oh, you know, I have a work block at nine, but Oh, you know, they need me. So I'm just going to push it back to nine 30. Cause I really don't want to do that thing. Mm-hmm. But if I put something first that I really love doing, then I'm like, okay, kids, it's nine o'clock. Bye. I'm going <laughs> to work. And like, I'm excited to get started on the work block because it's what I enjoy doing. So I'll do that first and then I'll sandwich it. I'll put that other thing that I really like don't love. And it's kind of hard. And I'm like, Oh, that thing. And then, you know, I'll put the easier things underneath. But I think that giving yourself a little momentum really helps get that time block started. That makes sense. Do you, uh, do you do themes for your days? Because that's actually how I schedule my week. And then within the themes of the days, I do time blockage. So like, for example, for me, what day is today? Thursdays, um, I do podcasting. So I know that the first half of my day, it's all podcast related. And then in the afternoon, I can focus on like my wedding photography. Because once again, 
I feel like if it's not in my calendar, it's not going to get done. Exactly. I agree with you. I think doing themed days are really helpful or at least themed time blocks. Okay. So if you maybe you don't work five days a week and you only work a few. Um, so for me specifically, now that my kids are being homeschooled, we do, I do Mondays and Fridays are my work days. So my kids go to a sitter on Monday and they go to an enrichment program for homeschooled kids on Fridays. So I know that those two days are my best days to get video recording done, podcast recording, anything that requires, you know, me to be ready and prepared. It's just easier for me when they're not around. However, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I still have work blocks. That's when we do school, but my work blocks are tasks that can be easily interrupted. And so I talk about this a lot too, is prioritizing your tasks based on how much focused attention you need. That way, if you do have children, you can schedule those time blocks when they're around. So things like responding to emails Mm -hmm. that can be easily interrupted. But when you're writing a blog post or a podcast episode, it's harder to be interrupted during that, you know, focused time because you can really lose your train of thought. And so I definitely recommend having that. And then on Fridays, I like to do a lot of um, my email creation and some of my like social media content on Fridays, again, when they're not there, and I can have a little more clarity on what I'm writing. I love this. So it seems I mean, somebody probably listening to this, somebody that has never done time blockage, might be getting even overwhelmed, because now you mentioned email sequence. And you know, what, what do you mean, Instagram post and Instagram caption? Like, I didn't know those two things were like different how could we one have kind of like a list of like as as the major tasks that we need to do for our business and then how we can like guide somebody that that is perhaps new or that is getting even overwhelmed listening to this because it's like oh my god it sounds like a lot a lot Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so true. Because as a new photographer, I remember hearing all the things and feeling like I had to do all the things. Mm. And I'm like, well, this photographer is successful because she does this. So I have to do this. And I think what really helps is to focus on a few key things. And so of course you need to be marketing, which Mm -hmm. I don't really like to call it marketing because I feel like it gets a really complicated reputation. Like when people hear the word marketing, they want to run away because they're I don't know what to do. So I call it visibility. And I, and I heard it from someone else called visibility. And I was like, I'm going to use that because it sounds so much like lighter and you're like, okay, I'm just also fun. Like marketing seems like all and stuffy. Right. It does. It gets a really bad reputation and rightfully so, because it, it can be extremely complicated. I mean, you hear about big corporations and they have whole marketing divisions and it's like, I'm just a solopreneur or right. Like I'm just getting started. This sounds really hard. So visibility. So just focusing on, okay, what am I going to do to be visible? How am I going to show up? And then creating a plan for that and not looking at anyone else's plan and not looking at all the articles that you read. Cause I think it's really overwhelming when people feel like they need to do all the things Mm -hmm. as far as social media and marketing. But I feel like if you create a plan that works for you and your schedule and stay consistent with it. So say you are going to show up on social media three times a week. Okay, great. 
what three days are you going to choose and make it very digestible. Okay. I'm going to post on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay, cool. What am I going to post about on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? How can I make it feel less scary? Can I come up with some content pillars of different topics that I want to cover on those days? Maybe I'm going to cycle through. So maybe I'm going to have six different pillars that I talk about, and then I'm going to rotate them on a bi-weekly basis. So I think it's just important to, instead of looking at everything as a whole, of all the things you have to do from the 20,000 foot view, just focus on one thing. Okay, I'm gonna really focus this month on making sure I get a solid social media visibility plan. Okay, I'm gonna start there. And then I'm gonna make sure that I get my other things done, but I'm not gonna be super worried about a system right now. I'm just gonna focus on social media, getting that system in place. Now you move on to the next thing next month. So next month you're like, okay, now I really need to figure out what my invite strategy is going to be. How am I actually going to start to invite people to work with me? Am I going to have a contact form on my website? Do I even have a website? Now you can focus on that piece. And when you take things at smaller chunks, instead of looking at the broad view of all the things, it becomes more manageable and it becomes more check-offable. So now you actually have a checklist of, okay, what do I need to do? I need to research website platforms. I need to find something that's within this budget, right? I need to create a homepage. I need to find a really good um, way to accept payment and contracts, right? So whatever you know area of photography that you're in, whatever stage of business that you're in, just take it one small step at a time, and then it becomes more easy to manage. I love, uh, there's nothing that I love more most than checking something off my list. Like getting that highlight and crossing something makes me happy. So I totally, uh, you know, recommend the system that you're, or, or the technique that you're, you know, that you're suggesting, because it could be, as you said, extremely overwhelming. But like, if we have a little tiny aspect of the business and focus on that and then move to the next, Things, first of all, will start to feel, as you said, doable, right? You know, you can take action. You you can know what's going to be the next step. And two, you will start to get also momentum. You'll be like, oh, this was easy. Got it done. Now to the next. Now, obviously, the whole business by itself starts also to take shape. So, like, exactly. that's also keep us motivated, right? When we see results on, you know, what we're doing. Yes, exactly. I love this. So, I mean, you have shared so many great information. You also mentioned that you have your own podcast. Do you want to tell us where we can find you and all that good stuff, Ashley? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I have a podcast called the Purpose Gathering Podcast, and it is for mom photographers specifically, and just talking about life in general, like parenting, motherhood, self-care, because I truly believe, as I mentioned before, that when you are taken care of, you can give the best of yourself to everyone, including your clients. And then I have obviously lots of business information over there too, tips and strategies for how to be more productive, how to really use your time wisely and how to really grow a profitable business. That's not just a side hustle, which I feel like a lot of photographers always end up staying in that, you know, mm -hmm. playing small and not feeling like they can ever make it into something big and sustainable. So that's over at thepurposegathering.com. And then there's a link to head over to the podcast. And um, I do have a free masterclass. Oh, do tell. 
Yes, that I would love to share with your listeners. And it is an extension of what we've been talking about. It's all about how to have productivity with purpose and how to time block. And it walks you through step-by-step exactly what you need to do, um, a little bit more detail. And then there's a workbook that you can follow along with and then make sure that you're taking notes and all that good stuff. So that's over at thepurposegathering.com slash productivity. But I'll, of course, be sure to give you the links so you can put them in the show notes. We'll make sure to link everything this. And let me ask you about this masterclass. Is this something that is constantly going on or is something that has a time limit on it? Yep. So right now it is going on all the time. So you can just join it at any time and it's just a replay for you and the workbook. I love this because I feel like we did cover some important aspects here on this episode, but obviously we're kind of like gliding over how important this topic is. And I feel, even though I haven't taken your masterclass, but I feel like you really go deeper into there. And yes, exactly. Know, like, a, a, kind of like a map. Which right. I, I love maps. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I like I like step-by-step. I'm very yes. systematic in the podcast too. I'm like, okay, here's the steps. Here's the tangible action. I'm all about taking action. I am not like, I don't stop at growth mindset. I'm, I'm an action mindset. Like you can, have, you can have the biggest growth mindset that you want, but if you're not doing anything and you're not taking action, then you're just going to stay where you are. I love that. So what is something that you are currently loving? Doesn't have to be time blocking. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Hmm, Let me think here. So this is super silly, but I absolutely hate ironing. Okay. And so we bought a steamer and that's all I use now. I threw away my iron, my no ironing board and just a steamer and game changer. (laughs) Yesterday, I wanted to wear this shirt and I'm like, it's wrinkled. And just the thought of getting the iron board out and have to go and get like water in the iron. I was just like, I'm not going to wear that. So yep. now you gave me a great tip. Maybe I need to go and yes. get a steamer. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's life changing. I mean, it seems so simple, but it's like, it literally takes me two minutes to steam a shirt and I'm like done. It's amazing. Yes, I definitely need to get this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. And what else could people find you? You tell us your website, your podcast. Are you active on social media? Yes. So I am active over on Instagram and just at the purpose gathering. And then I also have a Facebook group for mom photographers specifically. And um, I can give you the link for that as well, but definitely active on both of those platforms. Absolutely. Well, Ashley, it was fantastic having you here. And I'm sure that in the future, you know, I would love to have you again to like go deeper into this time blockage, because for me, it has been really a game changer in my business. Uh, even though I have always been extremely structured, this is a topic that I've been doing in maybe for the past two years. So, and I see the growth on my business, my podcast, you know, before, before and I think I've shared this in the past, before when I started my podcast, it was like a, a fun project, like, yeah, you know, whatever, we'll see. And when the pandemic hit, I'm like, oh, I have plenty of time. Now I'm going to like <laughs> literally make this happen right. every month. And the podcast has really tripled on size awesome. and on content and all that. So like, I have myself experienced the benefits of time blockage. So I know for all of you that are listening, if you're not doing this, take some notes, go get that masterclass and start applying. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you so much. And I'll catch you very soon with another amazing guest. Until then, bye. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for the Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week.